0: Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. Well, good morning. Welcome to Experience Church. My name's Kenny. I'm so excited that I get to bring this fire to you today. Amen, amen. Hey, I want to talk to you from a subject title, Mephibosheth. Try saying that about seven times real fast. Mephibosheth. Some people like, who in the world is Mephibosheth? It's in the Bible, I promise. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, and it says, And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul? that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Are you Ziba? And he said, Your servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show him the kindness of God? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. Now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore you all the land of Saul, your father. And you should eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called to Zilbul, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto your master's son all that pertain to Saul and to his house. Thou therefore and your sons and your servants should till the land for him, and you should bring in the fruits that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, should eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then said Ziba unto the king, according to all that my lord, the king hath commanded his servant, so shall your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Michael. And all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat at the king's table, but he was lame in both feet. Kind of give you a little history of, of what's going on here. You had King Saul and King David. King Saul was the first king of Israel. The people told God, we want a king, just like the other nations have have a king, not realizing that God was their king. So God appointed Saul to be king, the first king of Israel. David actually kind of worked under Saul, worked for Saul, before he became the king, but Saul end up sinning against God, and God said that he would point a, upon another king, which would be a man after his own heart. That's why they called David a man after God's own heart. So David ended up being anointed king, but he was still serving Saul. He was king, but he didn't have the kingdom yet. Saul was still on the throne. And Saul had a son by the name of Jonathan, and Jonathan and David was real tight. They was partners. They was cool. They grew up in the kingdom together. But Saul was jealous over because of David, and he, was, he tried to kill David on multiple occasions. Follow me, if you will. I know I'm going to go through the story before I get to the text. So he tried to kill David. So on the, the last time he tried to kill David, David was able to get away, find himself in the field. Jonathan came to David and said, hey, I'm paraphrasing now. Hey, my father, he's tripping. (laughs) Because Saul had actually threw a knife at David at the dinner table. He was tripping. He said, listen, man, you need to get up out of here. David said, I agree. You're right. I need to leave. Your dad is crazy. Cuckoo. Right. So he said, Jonathan said, David, listen, I understand that God has anointed you king. I know that you're going to take the throne. He said, can you do me one thing when you get on the kingdom? Would you please spare my seed, my heir? Do not destroy my name. David agreed to the covenant that they made with each other. Years pass, David is on the throne. Saul is going to war with other nations. At this time, he was going through it with the Philistines. And the Bible says that David's kingdom began to get stronger, but Saul's kingdom began to get weaker. And therefore, Saul in battle with the Philistine got killed, him and his son Jonathan, the same day. Word got back to the kingdom that the king was dead. Saul, uh, there, uh, Mephibosheth, the grandson of Saul, had a nurse that watched over him, that taught him, that was raising him up. She heard the news that the king, both kings were dead. The king King Saul and his son Jonathan was dead. She heard the news, I'm pretty sure, They did mock drills on this all the time on how to get out of the kingdom if something like this happened. The Bible says that she, in 2 Samuel chapter 4, she was getting all of her belongings. She was trying to get up out of there because she understood they're coming to take over the castle. I got to get out. I got to save the air by any means necessary. She's grabbing her stuff, and the Bible says she grabbed Mephibosheth. And when she grabbed him, the Bible says that she dropped him at the age of five years old, and he became lame. Lame at the age of five, both legs. And we see now David is saying, is there any left of the house of Saul? Now, when people heard that, is there any left, they were surely thinking David is about to wipe it out. He's about to kill the heir of Saul, but David said, "So that I can show the kindness of God unto him," which the people probably didn't believe him. So here, is Mephibosheth, said, "Now a grown man," and Ziba said, "He's down in Lodabar. He's in Lodabar, but he's crippled." And what God was showing me in this text is that. At five years old, he was dropped, and he became lame. A, as a grown man, he's still lame. A lot of times, at the age of a child, we sometimes get dropped, like Mephiba said. Dropped by the people I trust, the people that I love. Someone that I was willing to crawl into their arms dropped me. And the Bible says he became lame. And now he finds himself in Lodabar because of what happened to him at five years old. Trying to be as far away as the king to the king as possible. Far away to people as possible. Because he's dropped and he's crippled and he's hurting, and he's probably blaming his parents about his situation because I wouldn't have been dropped if they would have been here. They could have protected me, and here he is in Lodabar, bitter, angry, upset, hurting. Yes, he's a grown man, but he's still dealing with that five-year-old situation. Have you been dropped by the people or someone you love or trusted? Maybe it was because I I, I was abandoned as a child or given up for adoption. Maybe it's because of, of, of an abuse situation. Maybe I was divorced and that crippled me. Could have been that I was molested as a child. And it crippled me. And I'm still dealing with it now. I know this this is a little uncomfortable, but we need to talk about it. Because God wants to bring healing to our lives. And here's Mephibosheth. I have a chair right here. Because here's Mephibosheth in Lodabar, broken, but he's all right, hurting, but he's okay, because nobody knows I'm crippled while I'm sitting down, and oftentimes we go to work, we come to church, we live our lives as if everything is okay, But nobody knows that I'm crippled because of a situation that happened when I was five years old. I read something that said the study revealed that 38% of women were molested before turning 18. The same study said 16% of boys are molested before they turn 18. Approximately one in four women and one in seven men have experienced severe physical violence or abuse in their lifetime. Mephibosheth's name literally means shame. I'm shamed for the thing that happened to me, and I've been living in shame. For a long time, and it drove me to a place called Lodabar. Lodobar meant no pastor. Nothing grows there. It was a ghetto. Nobody wanted to go to Lodabar. But he found himself in Lodabar because the pain drove him away. Where have the thing that crippled you driven you? Has it driven you to a place of fear, place of anger, unforgiveness, distrust? Lodabar? He was motherless and fatherless. He he had no kingdom. He had no joy. He was crippled. And I believe that you can be out of a situation, but if the situation isn't out of your mind, then you're still in the situation. I'm going to say that one more time. Because you can be out of a situation, but if the situation isn't out of your mind, then you're still crippled in the situation. And it can drive you to things like drugs and to becoming an alcoholic. It can drive you to isolation where you don't want to deal with people and you want to be alone. He was crippled over a five-year-old problem. And I believe that God wants us to get the situation out of our mind. He says, be you therefore transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have to renew our minds by the word of God and what God says about us to get healing. I love Psalms 51 in verse one. It says, have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sins. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. We can be haunted by the thing that happened in our past. I can't rest. I have no peace because this thing is hunting me. What happened to me as a child? And I believe that God just wants us to come out of that. I think He wants us to come out, come out of Lodabar. He said, Come out from amongst them. Told Lazarus, Come, Lazarus, out of the tomb. I love how Jesus said in, in, in Matthew chapter 28, he said, come unto me, come, all of you who labor, who has a burden, who's weary and tired, who's hurting and suffering, come out of load of Bar. He said, I'll give you rest. I'll make your burden light that you've been carrying for so long. God is calling us out. God is seeking us. I see in this story that God is seeking us. He told his servants, go to get Mephibosheth from Lodabar. Where is he? I'm looking for him. Kind of remind me of God asking Adam, Adam, where are you? I'm looking for you. I'm looking for that relationship with you. The Bible says that the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. God loves you enough to look for you. I love what he says in Ezekiel chapter 34. He said, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. God is saying, I know that day. I know it was dark. I know you've been in a dark place for a long time, and I've come to rescue you. i come to bring you out of that dark place in your life. He said, I will bring them back home to their own land of Israel from among the peoples and nations i would feed them on the mountains of israel and by the rivers and in all the places where people live yes i would give them good pasture pasture land on hill on the hills high hills of israel there they will lie down in pleasant places and feed in the lush pastures of the hills. I myself will tend my sheep and give them a place to lie down in peace, says the sovereign Lord. I will search for my lost ones who strayed away, and I will bring them safely home again and will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak. God wants to bandage the things in our lives that is causing us internal bleeding. He wants to bring healing to us. Isaiah 61, I love it. He says, The Spirit of the Lord, God, is on me. This is the prophecy about Jesus. Because the Lord has chosen me to bring good news to poor people, he has sent me to, come on, everybody say this word with me. He he has sent me to Heal. heal those with a sad heart. He has sent me to tell those who are being held in those in prison, that you can go free. And that's what God is saying today. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus is saying you can have freedom today. Today is the day of salvation. You no longer have to live in prison. No longer have to live in Lodabar. You can be free today, but you got to trust again. you got to trust again. Can you picture Mephibosheth sitting in his seat when all the king horses come down, all the men, and they say, we got to pick you up and take you back. He said, no, don't pick me up. I've had people pick me up before and they drop me. I'm crippled because people pick me up. I'm hurting because people pick me up. I don't trust because people have picked me up and dropped me. I can't be in a relationship again. They dropped me. I, I, I'm, I'm scared to go to God because I've been dropped before. You gotta trust. Again, I love this scripture in Mark chapter 2. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said unto the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven you. There are people that God has placed in your life that want to help you come out of bar. But you got to trust them to help you through the process. Four men was willing to take this paralyzed man to Jesus to help him get out of his situation. He couldn't do it on his own. He needed the help of other people. And that's why we do small groups here. Because we believe in doing life in a circle where you can find somebody to help you walk through the pain that you're going through. If you can't find nobody, find your spiritual leader and say I need help to get out of this I've been in bar for a long time and I need help coming out and I don't trust anybody because I've been hurt so bad Bible says don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together where two or three are gathered together there he is in the midst God I want to bring you out of Lodabar he to. I love the passage that he said. He said, go get Mephibosheth from out of Lodabar and bring him back so that I can show him the kindness of God. God want to show you how kind he is, how much he loves you and cares for you. God want to show you that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He know that you've been in a dark place. But he said, that I want to show you the kindness. You see, God's kindness isn't like people. See, a lot of times we want to compare the kindness and the love of God to the people that have hurt us and broken us. God said, I commended my love toward you while you were a sinner, while you was broken, while you was in Lodabar. I died for you. You can trust me. Titus 3 and 1 says, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but be gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves... Also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. God's kindness is just God's mercy and grace for your life. And God is saying that I just want you to receive to experience my mercy and my grace. Mercy is us not getting what we deserve. The grace of God is getting what I do not deserve. Oh, I'm so thankful today for God and his grace and mercy. Can we take about five seconds and just praise God just for his grace and mercy? Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. I feel like singing. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. Come on, (laughs) y'all. He's worthy. God is worthy. I love him today. Amen. But we need to be kind as well. We need to be able to show people the love and kindness of God because God showed us his kindness and his mercy. We ought to show it to other people. All of us, there's not a person in this room that don't know somebody that's in Lodabar. Family members, people we work with, somebody you know need to come out of Lodebar. Because God want to restore. I love the way he said, I want to restore Mephibosheth to you everything, all the land of your fathers. He immediately became wealthy. Simply by David restoring Mephibosheth, the land of King Saul, he immediately became wealthy. If you had land in Israel... You was considered in the family. He said, I want to restore you. I love how David says in Psalms 51, restore unto me the joy of our salvation. God, I want your joy back in my life. And a lot of us haven't had joy in a long time, haven't had peace in a long time, haven't had strength in a long time ever since. I got dropped. God is saying, I want to restore the joy back into your life, the peace back into your life, the strength back in your life, and most important, the fellowship with the king. I want you to be in fellowship with me. I want you to sit beside me. I want you to know that I love you. He told him, I want you to sit at the table as one of the king's sons. Identity. He said, I want want you to identify as one of my sons. Come on. The Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 12, For as many, not the rich, not the pretty, not the handsome, not the CEO, not the ones with all the degrees, but as many as receive him. To them gave he power to become sons of God. You can be a son today, a daughter today of the king because of what Jesus has done for you. Oh, I love it. A son of God. Me? Mephibosheth? A son of God? A son of the king? You don't know that I was in Lodabar. You don't know that I'm broken and I'm hurting and I'm full of sin and I have all type of issues in my life. And you're saying I can be a son. I'm so thankful that God sent his son Jesus to Lodabar for me. Good God almighty. See, I've been to Lodabar and I know there's no good thing in Lodabar. I've lived in Lodabar for a long time, but Jesus came and brought me out. He looked down from heaven and saw a people that was in need of a savior and said, I will go to Lodabar to bring them out. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. God said, "I'll go. I'll give my life to bring them out of Lodi Bar. They're worthy of it. They're worthy to come out of Lodabar. Bar." I love how He said, as I get ready to close. Oh, this is a good part. For to bring it on home. He say, "I want you to sit at the king's table continually as one of the king's sons." And the Bible says that we have been made to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There's a seat at the table for you. Imagine with me, if you will, King David and all of his mighty men sitting at the table. And you're at the table, seated, watching everybody come in, royalty, beautiful looking men and women. Cloak in their garments. And here you are sitting at the table observing. And then you begin to think and say, that's uh, uh, that's Amnon right there. Amnon, David's son, was a rapist. He raped somebody and he's at the table. And then you see Absalom on the other side. And you say Absalom was hot-tempered and he murdered his brother. He plotted to take his father's throne. He even slept with his father's concubines in the view of everybody. But Absalom's at the table. Then you say, that's Adonijah. Adonijah, he was handsome, but he was undisciplined. And then you see Solomon, beautiful, handsome Solomon. The wisest man ever lived, the richest man. And then you say Solomon, Solomon sinned against God by serving false gods. But he's at the table. And then there's Tamar, the daughter of David, who was raped and found herself living in isolation. And then there's David himself, a murderer, a adulterer. At the table. And then you hear <laughs> what Phoebe said. Cripple Find himself sitting at the table. Broken, but I'm at the table. Hurting, but I'm at the table. Bad pass, but I'm at the table. Dropped, but I'm at the table. And as you sit around, you think, I belong at this table. There's love at this table. There's forgiveness at this table. Joy and peace. Community at this table. There's no judgment at this table. Nobody's looking down on me at this table. You got a seat at the table today. God loves you enough that he sent his son in spite of your past, in spite of what you went through so that you can have a seat at his table. Come on, every head is bowed and every eye is closed.